tugged a set of folded spare sheets from a drawer and wrapped the bottles up haphazardly, shoving them in a bag and grimacing at how much black goo they'd gotten covered in. I'm not sneaking away from the coroner's office again. One time was enough. Nejma flung herself to the window before she could let herself think about it anymore. Nej, wherever you are, I got the stuff! Both of them watched the two nurses cart the body inside on a small stretcher. Nejma's gonna kill me, he whispered. Jose got a hard punch to his arm and he bit his lip, knowing her answer was a definite and angry no doy. Forest mist clings to your skin. Your footsteps crunch from leaves so thin. Lie down and turn the lights down low, like sitting by the fire's glow. The typewriter clacks loud and steady. On until the tale is ready. We'll find no way to plan ahead. No choice. All chance always misled. So settle close and candles dim. And listen to The Buddy's Grim. At a Buddy's Grim, invite you to read along with us using the text chapter provided on our website. Happy reading. The Mortal Quarry. Chapter 3. Nejma made it to the morgue. Jose didn't. Instead, he trembled and rifled feverishly through basic spells for basic wizards. Summoning spells, summoning spells. Aha! He thrust his hand into the air and yelped, Summon Nejma Sanders! Nothing happened. Come on, Jose begged. Summon Nejma! Summon! Summon! Please? In the kingdom of Erythiel, Nejma punched him again. You can barely fix a window, Narbo, she said sharply. And how would it look if my dead body started floating through the freaking hospital, bouncing off the walls like... Gah! Her ghostly form tensing, Nejma darted back towards the hospital leaving Jose rubbing his twice-punched arm and scouring basic spells for another emergency incantation. Nejma followed her corpse as the nurses shunted it through the door. Gurney, one nurse grunted to the other. Hurry, Samson! Nurse Samson squeezed between the hospital beds, unearthed a gurney, and unfolded it. Then the three nurses plopped Nejma's body down and wheeled the stretcher into the hall. Not this again, Nejma growled to Chanel Stamp, who had been watching and waiting in uncharacteristic silence. The last time they caught us, I made it to the coroner's office. The coroner's office! Do you know how hard it is to sneak out of a freezer? And cold? She said this all while striding beside the rapidly rolling stretcher, rubbing her hands like she was warming up for strangling Jose. Or the hospital staff. Or both. Meanwhile, more doctors and nurses flocked around her, all practically running to keep up. Status? Heart stopped. Get me a defibrillator. Stat! Okay, take a red, Nejma grunted. She leaned over her own body as though about to launch her spirit back inside and yell, I live! She hesitated. But they think I OD'd, she muttered, maybe to Chanel, maybe to herself. They'd never let a burnout druggie into Faraday U. I'd never go to college. This sucks! So she watched and followed as they defibrillated her, without success other than a few involuntary twitches from Nedjim's spirit, pronounced her dead, and wheeled her to the morgue, murmuring things like, Such a waste. When the doctors finally departed, Nejma still couldn't relax. Everybody clear out, she bellowed. There were only two corpses in the morgue, Nejma's and an elderly man's. And yet, the room was packed. Packed with those same red specters. They looked like poorly made video game characters, red and staticky. At the sound of Nejma's shout, their eyeless faces rose to survey her. The morgue, in the kingdom of Erythiel, 
quickly filled with protests of possession, must possess, old soul tastes like mothballs. A few specters shot that last speaker's sour looks. Buzz off, Nejma thundered again. The specters had always listened to Nejma. They had grumbled and complained, but they had listened. This time, though, there were more specters than Nejma had ever dealt with at once. And this time, they didn't listen. Instead, the three closest specters latched their fingers into the old man's neck. Immediately, his skin bubbled, not with black ooze, but with a red, viscous liquid resembling candle wax. Stop it! Nejma yelped. That's not... you better... But it was too late. The man's whole body began deflating like an old balloon. Red gunk spilled from his chest and trailed up the specter's arms like spilled blood returning to their veins. Their crimson auras glowed clearer. No fair! Protested another specter, one of the ten or eleven shuffling through the morgue. And then, with a tiny slurp sound, the old man completely dissolved. What? Just... happened, Nejma choked. On her shoulder, Chanel's stamp squeaked in terror, as if to say, No idea, but it was totally terrifying. All at once, the room full of specters turned their eyeless faces onto Nejma's dead body. Oh, no you don't, said a voice. At this, Nejma flung herself into the wall. Luckily, as a ghost, the impact didn't hurt. Even so, Nejma didn't summon black goop or vault back into her body to fend off the specters. She whipped around, flattening herself against the wall. Her eyes were as round as compact discs. A second silvery figure had entered the morgue, another ghost. Pale mist rolled from her translucent body, forming a faint misty aura over top her head and shoulders. The sight reminded Nejma of the clouds swathing Tunstead's skyscrapers and sparkling turrets. The spirit looked tall and willowy, the way little kids imagined ghosts in Fafestiniog bedtime stories. Her silky brown hair formed an elegant curly bob. Her eyes practically glowed blue. If Nejma had been inside her own body, she might have blushed. The woman ignored Nejma, studying the specters with obvious distaste. Then she screeched. Worse than a scream, it sounded like a million ghostly chainsaws. The sound flooded the kingdom of Erythiel and leached into the corporeal world. The morgue beds rattled, oozing. The specters hunched over and wailed. Chanel's stamp squeaked in pain. Ah, groaned Nejma, pressing her fingers over Chanel's little ears. She squeezed her eyes shut. Her shoulders turned rigid. Finally, the sound ended. Slowly, Nejma opened her eyes. The specters had all gone, and the woman was patting her hands together. I absolutely despise those creatures, don't you? She flashed Nejma a winning smile. Nejma answered with a spluttering yelp. You ghost, but here? The woman laughed, a fluttery and high-pitched sound. <laughs> Nejma cleared her throat and licked her lips. Her face flickered as though she was trying to pull back on her usual hard expression. Sorry about the death rattle, the woman said. Do you like that? I coined the term. It's more of a shriek, but it does rattle the physical world if you're loud enough. You're a necromancer, Nejma managed, finally finding her voice. Using necromancy. Don't you know how illegal that is? I hope you're not missing the irony here. The woman pursed her lips, surveying Nejma with something like pity. I know exactly how illegal it is, my undead friend, but I should correct you. I was a necromancer back when I lived. Back when you... What? Nejma stammered. The woman floated towards Nejma, not walked like Nejma did. She extended a hand. My name is Dr. Louise Saltzman. I used to work in this very hospital. And I've been waiting for someone like you. Nejma didn't answer for a very long moment, staring at Lulu's hand as though running calculations on its length and width. Nejma, she said at last. 
Nejma Sanders, and I need a lot of explanation. Dr. Saltzman nodded, her silvery face going grim. I'll explain. Quickly. She settled her vibrant blue gaze on Nejma. When I lived, necromancy was not illegal. It was life-saving. To know when patients slip closer to death and coax their spirits to stay or release them in peace. Back then, only 20-odd years ago, necromancers were invaluable. But, but it's dark magic, Nejma protested, blinking several times. It's wrong. And who decided that? Dr. Saltzman sniffed. Then her expression darkened again. When I was alive, specters did not exist. Have you ever seen a ghost like me? Nejma opened her mouth three times before answering. Uh, no. I just thought it was only animals. And, uh, I thought specters were ghosts. Like dead necromancer ghosts. Dr. Saltzman studied Nejma closely. You've never had a teacher of necromancy, have you? Nejma bristled. What, and get arrested? Get real. I learned what they taught us in school, which is that necromancy can twist and darken a person's soul and that it defies the laws of nature. That's it. Unreal, Dr. Saltzman muttered. And you thought using necromancy would turn you into one of those... those flakes? A little defensively, Nejma nodded. Well, what else could specters be? Oh, that I know, said Dr. Saltzman. But, uh, you should really bug out and get back in your body. What? Dag! Black goop poured from the pores of Nejma's corpse, dotting her face and arms like inky freckles. The same black splotches were building on her spectral form. Hurry before you die, Dr. Saltzman insisted. Summon me and I can get you out of here. Nejma didn't answer. She threw herself into her body, which jolted worse than it had under the defibrillator, then sat bolt upright. That was way too close, she said, wide-eyed. Grimacing, Nejma rubbed the slime from her hands and face. She considered the morgue, which no longer carried the white gossamer sheen of the kingdom of Erythiel. Chanel Stamp and Dr. Saltzman had also disappeared from sight. No more, Nejma muttered to herself. She walked towards the door, hesitating a few times. Walk out, say I got lost, say I'm a visitor, say... When her hand hit the smooth door handle, Nejma paused. She studied her empty shoulder a long minute. Oh, fine! She closed her eyes, reaching her presence back into the kingdom of Erythiel. Immediately, her senses located two cold spots, one smaller and one larger. She willed them into the land of the living. Thank goodness, said Dr. Saltzman, who had just appeared as an ethereal, luminous apparition. I thought I was going to have to haunt you. On Nejma's shoulder, Chanel squeaked indignantly like, You were going to leave me with the newbie? You're quite good, Dr. Saltzman noted. I couldn't imagine being able to conjure spirits without any teaching. Stop, said Nejma. It doesn't matter how I am at necromancy. After today, I'm done with it. I'm done with all this, okay? She hesitated a moody second. But also, I can't get caught sneaking out of here. You said you can get me outside? Oh, easily. Dr. Saltzman flashed a winning smile, then swooped at Nejma like a gust of glowing wind and lifted her into the air. <laughs> a wild panic laugh escaped Nejma before she could clamp it down. Shh, said Dr. Saltzman, clearly biting back a laugh herself. The hospital staff might hear. Now keep calm. This might feel a bit strange in the physical world. Dr. Saltzman flew for the wall, holding Nejma as if she weighed nothing. Nejma tried to keep calm and failed when Dr. Saltzman pulled her through the wall. Nejma had performed a similar move countless times. She'd squeezed through nooks and crannies, grumbling about the uncomfortable sensation of her spectral form squashing to fit. She had never gone straight through, effortlessly. And of course, she had never gone through in a living body. Gah! Nejma gasped. 
It's quite a sensation, Dr. Saltzman agreed. She was now holding Nejma, who had started flailing and sucking in deep breaths. Three stories in the air. Jose, Nejma managed. My friend, take me to him. Set me down. Hmm. Dr. Saltzman scrunched up her nose, then nodded. A wizard? Yes, said Nejma with desperate impatience, as if each second she spent hovering was her new worst memory, probably pacing and crying and shouting spells. Ah, yes, I see him. Dr. Saltzman laughed her tinkling laugh, <laughs> then plunged towards the earth, Nejma in tow. <clears throat> this time, Nejma muffled a scream by clenching her jaw. Her coppery skin flushed green. A figure appeared below, Jose, spellbook open. As Nejma had predicted, he was pacing, crying, and shouting spells. Locate! Help! Hide! Seek! Jose! Nejma called. Jose jumped about a foot in the air, then looked up in wonder. Nej? In amazement, he started to say, The spells worked! Then Nejma and Dr. Saltzman touched down onto the grass. Ghost human! Jose exclaimed. Shh! Said Nejma and Dr. Saltzman at once. They glanced at each other in surprise. Jose blinked rapidly between them. Am I wigging out? What's going on? How did... We, we have, have to, to get, get out, out of here. here. Nejma and Dr. Saltzman insisted in unison. They exchanged another bewildered look. I'll explain everything, but we really should move somewhere safer, said Dr. Saltzman. She introduced herself, but Jose seemed more interested in gaping at her than actual conversation. Nejma rolled her eyes, though she'd been in the same boat only minutes earlier. Come on, she said, grabbing Jose's and Dr. Saltzman's hands in either of her own and dragging them deeper into the mountain forest. Once Tunstead's gleaming buildings had vanished from sight, Nejma dropped them both and spun around. On her shoulder, Chanel sniffed her cheek inquisitively. Okay, what are the specters? Nejma's sharp brown eyes bored into Dr. Saltzman's ethereal blue ones. It is difficult to explain, Dr. Saltzman admitted. You may not believe me. She took a deep breath. There was something dangerous hidden inside this mountain. Something catching ghosts like me and turning them into specters. Something... Something creating a veritable army of the undead. Nejma and Jose shared a look, seeming to come to a common consensus. Okay, the ghost lady's crazy. How about that grindage at the diner now? I know it sounds bent, Dr. Saltzman said quickly, interpreting their expressions. Hear me out. Necromancers have the ability to linger in the kingdom of Erythiel when they die, if they have unfinished business. For me, well, my unfinished business has lasted 20 years. The first time I saw a specter, it killed me. What? yelped Jose. But, but those red dudes don't hurt anybody, right? He looked imploringly at Nejma, who was his main source of Erythiel-based information. They may mention possession sometimes, Nejma admitted. They do indeed, said Dr. Saltzman. And as Nejma has just witnessed, they also feed on corpses. I was out of my body when they consumed it. Yikes, Nejma muttered. Jose looked sick. You were halfway correct before, Nejma, said Dr. Saltzman. The specters were once necromancers, but this has nothing to do with their powers or choices. At one point, they were nothing but friendly ghosts. Now, well, they've been poisoned. But why? Nejma asked. And how? And how could you not see them until you died? They're everywhere. Despite her glowing sheen, Dr. Saltzman's expression looked dark as night. They're multiplying. Something is creating them. Something inside this mountain. Nejma and Jose didn't answer for a long minute. Well, thanks for the nightmares, but we'd really better jet, said Nejma. She waved a hand as though breaking apart a frightening mental image, then grabbed Jose's arm and started dragging him through the trees. Wait! 
Dr. Saltzman floated beside them, keeping pace easily, though looking a little miffed. You can't go. I need you. That's nice, but it's really late and we should be getting back to Fefesteniog. Your village people? Dr. Saltzman asked, some not totally concealed disbelief in her tone. Nejma's face flattened. Now that she'd finally recovered from her shock, her expression had hardened back to the same one as before, when Jose had begged her to make this whole dangerous excursion in the first place. Yes, we're village people. Nice to meet you, Lulu. Goodbye forever. Lulu, Dr. Saltzman mused. The nurses used to call me that. Anyway, I can't let you go. Kick rocks, said Nejma, quickening her pace. What do you need Nedge for? Jose wondered. Well, I'd like you too, Jose, if you're willing, said Dr. Saltzman. Don't you want to know why I want you? What the specter's goal is? Why they're multiplying? How I know all this? Nope, said Nejma. I'll go in reverse order, Dr. Saltzman decided. I've traveled to the bottom of the mountain three times to spy. The journey's almost destroyed me. I could never get inside, but I saw enough. As to why they're multiplying, well, it's complicated. From what information I've been able to gather, their numbers will continue to increase until they match the number of living souls on this mountain. Then they will possess all the bodies and form an unstoppable zombie army. Nejma skidded to a stop so fast that Jose slipped into the dirt. Oh good, you're listening, said Dr. Saltzman. Whoa, 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 Nejma rounded on the ghost. You can't just say something like that. It's true, said Dr. Saltzman simply. It, it, it can't be. Nejma shook her head. Those specters can't even touch living souls. They're terrified of necromantic residue. She held up her hand and conjured a black bubble of ooze to demonstrate. So maybe they talk a big talk, but if somebody's still inside of a body, then the specters will need lots of power, said Dr. Saltzman, which they garner from eating corpses, as you've seen. And where do we put our corpses? We bury them. Inside the mountain. Easy access for when the day comes. Nejma backed up, horror creeping across her face. Jose stood and brushed off his pant legs, then considered Dr. Saltzman. That's your unfinished business, isn't it? He guessed in a small voice. Put a stop to the specters before they... Before they turn everyone on this mountain into a mindless zombie, yes, said Dr. Saltzman. Which is an excellent segue into my hypothesis for their end goal. Nope, said Nejma abruptly, and she snatched Jose and started marching down through the forest once more. Oh, not this again, sniffed Dr. Saltzman. She hovered at their side. The end goal is world domination. Probably. Why else would someone need an army so massive? Nejma didn't answer, dragging Jose around a few trees that Dr. Saltzman ghosted easily through. Both of the living humans had started huffing and puffing. Nejma, please listen, Dr. Saltzman pressed. I said I couldn't get into the mountain before, and that's because I was alone. I've spent ten whole years searching for a necromancer, but as dark magic is now illegal on the whole mountain, I've had a bummer of a time. Well, sorry to burst your bubble, said Nejma. But like I said, I'm giving necromancy up, starting now. Jose looked up at Nejma, stumbling a little. Maybe we should hear her out, Nej. He's right, said Dr. Saltzman. And, and I could teach you, too. You could become as excellent of a necromancer as I am, or was. I'm not a necromancer. Nejma dropped Jose and rounded on Dr. Saltzman, who was so startled she froze halfway through a sapling tree. Yeah, so I've got some natural ability, Nejma said. So I've used dark magic in the past, and today. But I, we, want to go to college at Faraday University, and I can't do that if I'm arrested. Or traveling down this mountain with a crazy ghost, she added sharply. Dr. Saltzman knitted her brow. You worry about college and your future, but don't you see? Neither of these will exist if you don't help me. By my calculations, 
She drew a deep breath, then released it slowly. By my calculations, the specters will take over in two weeks. Two weeks? said Jose in horror. Maybe less, said Dr. Saltzman. With a living necromancer and a wizard on my side, we can put a stop to this. We can figure out who's doing it and why and end it before it begins. For a long stretch, silence fell between the three of them. How? Nejma asked. Her voice was hoarse, quiet, and full of resignation, as if she'd just been asked to sign her own death warrant. What exactly do you need us to do? Dr. Saltzman studied Nejma and Jose. Her expression was more serious than the grave. I need you to journey with me to the mouth of the mountain. Let's go, boys. All right. I've started off. Hey, guys. Welcome to Buddy's Grim. Ding-a-dunk. Blah, blah, blah. You know what sucks? <laughs> I got I to gotta start with this. I'm dealing with like five stories in my head right now. At least I'm working on my books. Mythological. You guys surely listen to that. It's on the podcast that we do on the Cool Story Bros. And all the stuff I'm reading at the same time, I might add. And by stuff, I mean books. And then you ask me to write chapter three of this book. Well, nobody asked you. Well, we decided that. that's true. We did. I did sign myself up for this. I can't escape. My brain goes, oh, that, that story. We made that story. I love that story. And I'm like, okay, chapter three. And my brain goes, but where's chapter two? We didn't make chapter two. And I, this is, this is the conversation. I'm like, brain, Luna wrote that. That fanfic? That's not chapter two. <laughs> this is our book. We write chapter two. And then I'm like, no, Brain, this is not how this... We write chapter two now, thank you! Also eat all the food, XOXO lizard brain! Okay, I'm done. This is all code for, um, I had a really hard time remembering chapter two, even after reading it repeatedly. <laughs> it's really difficult. And so if I got anything wrong, if you noticed any discrepancies, at the beginning I literally read chapter two so many times, and not until... I kid you not, this morning, Dr. House was there, and I was like, yeah, she definitely was out there, even though you explicitly say that it's just two nurses. I'm pretty oh sure. Gosh. It was that hard for you to register my chapter as part of it? Yes, it was so... This is why I can't do fan fiction. Literally, like, I have a mad new respect for people who write books with other people, like, but also, like, just the... I can't... Yeah, without being able to plan... Guys... This is a difficult game that we're playing. It's an experiment. Yeah. It's hard. Uh. There was a part of me, the cocky part of my brain was like, this will be easy. Girl, you've been writing since you were like a, a dinosaur. It'll be fine. This is only the first time you've written after I wrote a chapter. I think you'll get better. I'm glad you're confident in me because this is only about to get more confusing. Oh, it will get worse. It's, yeah, there, it's, it's going to be a downhill. Oh, wait. Everybody what? shut up. What? It's only going to go downhill from here.
Get it because they're going down the mountain. Because they're going down the mountain. A plus for me. No. My phrase that I say over and over to myself, it's always going to get worse until it gets better. Mm. That's actually a good like life philosophy because I feel like that's the same with health and like pretty much anything. Success is nonlinear. I just burped a little bit. I don't know if that got picked up by my mic. Prepare for it to get worse, but there's good things coming, basically. Yeah. Anyway, so you just heard this chapter, and now it's words time. I'm sorry. I just, like, jacked the beginning with my own stuff. You could talk some now. I've been talking for the last time, half hour. Right. Okay. First of all, thing I noticed, slang. We've got two different decades of slang going on here. It's kind of confusing. Uh, yeah. It works-ish. It's kind of jarring. It is jarring. I didn't, obviously, I didn't anticipate this. And I apologize. I was, I had the idea to make Lulu a ghost. And I was like, this is so good. I'm only going to do 20 years. Because, like, I didn't want to, like, go into, like, Victorian era. I wanted her to be sort of not too far removed from the problem on top of this mountain that I realized in this chapter still doesn't have a name. And now I'm like, are we too deep in to name it? Cause I didn't name it. So oops. Eh. It's, it can just be mountain, mountain, Mount mountain, Mount mountain, the only mountain in the world that we've created. The world is just one big mountain. And then like a embarrassing little like Orby thing on the bottom to make it a planet. Uh, yeah. So the 60s, baby. Okay, I made a list of the slang words that I used. Slang. Yeah. So I only got, Let's hear I only got a couple slang things because I feel like, so, so like Lulu, she's pretty educated. I feel like she's not like into like the hippie slang and stuff that was like common in the 60s. But I did sort of sprinkle it in. I don't have a website to like give people because I sort of just like scoured all of them. If you just Google 60s slang, like every thing that pops up is what I used which is sad because I only have four uh words that she actually ended up using um bent she says I know it sounds bent which is like code for crazy Segway, which I thought okay so Segway, the zoom zoom vroom vroom was not invented until like the early 2000s Segway, the word as in like we transitioned from this topic to this topic apparently it was made in 1958 so it was technically the 50s, but like the late 50s, the 60s-ish, basically. Um, bug out. Yeah. Bug out. Bug out. Bug out. Um, that one means like hurry up. Well, it means like get going, I guess. And then flakes. I feel like everyone's still familiar with that one. Yeah, so flakes. I feel like I don't need to define, which is great because I don't have the definition pulled up. Yeah. But then I also used a lot of 80s slang. This I got exclusively from www.inthe80s.com, baby. So if you guys want some 80s slang for your own writing, that is where you should go. Hold on. Write your own strangadangs. Strangadangs. Yeah, I'm still waiting on strangadangs, guys. Probably because we haven't posted our content yet. So uh, nobody knows strangadangs is a thingadang. That was good. That was bad. I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I am not. My brain is like a little bit everywhere today because of quarantine we're all getting through it yeah here's a here's a thing to note so you guys are gonna get these episodes much later than we recorded them uh so we just entered not just entered the episodes that you've heard in the past have not been during covid19 things happening but this one is so that's exciting uh be safe wash your hands 
we don't have any listeners but if we ever do because we haven't again posted our content but if we ever do like we hope that you guys are doing well or did well during this time hopefully it'll be done by the time you hear this okay um anyway goodbye this topic i'm gonna list the 80s terms now let's hear them fricking was apparently coined in the 80s take a red yeah what's that one i'm gonna be honest i already forget what that means so i'm gonna just do a little typey type take a red calm down there we go nice. chill out oh it's so the... yeah yeah yeah, yeah. What is what sport is it from? Soccer? That sounds right. You're asking uh, the wrong person. The ref or something waves a red flag and like that person Red card. Yeah. Red card. That's soccer. Yeah, baby. I played soccer for a little bit when I was a kid and watched it. And once. they have to go sit in the timeout no bad cube. Yeah, know. that's that's soccer. real. Oh, that's ice hockey. Never it's mind. just wait. <laughs> I think that's nothing. Is there just a cube? Like just like you got to sit in like the no no square, <laughs> the isolation cube. They put the sports people in there and they're like, think about what you did. Exactly. That's that's ice hockey. You get put in the bad kid cube. I think that's like prison. What in Russia? Solitary confinement? Would you sit in the isolation cube? Like go in there for a couple days and think about Where it. Where are we headed with this conversation? Yeah, probably nowhere good. I'm going to list these terms now again. Okay, so we got freaking take a red. Sucks. Yeah. You wouldn't think, but that's... Isn't that like a really not good word to say in public? Probably. Wait, wait, wait. Was this about the time that Beavis and Butthead came out? Yeah, yeah, because there is some serious, some serious Beavis and Butthead slang that I found. Oh, nice. Because like, I only saw like two episodes of Beavis and Butthead, and one of them was when they went on TV, and they were talking about some serious... I don't remember. Oops. Hey, this is our kids podcast for babies and children yeah. and old grandmas with hearing aids that can't hear bad words. Otherwise, it'll just sound like screeching. We were talking about some serious topic and he was like, so what do you think? And then Beavis was like, uh, it sucks. And everybody was like, <gasps> like that was some horrible word that they just said on TV. Was Beavis and Butthead for kids or was that like, were they like pushing the envelope? For teenagers. Okay. I've never seen this show. I'm not that old. Da 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 da. I feel like I just accidentally insulted you, but we are the same age. Well, I only saw two. Uh, compact discs, guys. Compact discs. Originally, it was like they were as round as coins or something, and I was like, nah. There's got to be something more '80s than coins. Coins are universal. So compact discs is what I ended up with. Um, yikes! Another one you wouldn't think. Yikes! Yikes, baby! That one's coming back into fashion. Oh yeah, wigging out. I love it. Dag? Not a typo. Yeah, that one was weird. Instead of like dang, it's like basically the same as dang, but dag apparently they used to say. I've never heard it, but I trust in the 80s.com, so I used it. I'll go ask my mom about it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, jet, like we got a jet. In the first episode, I used Let's Bounce, and I was like, we got to mix it up. I'm sure there's more. And there is more. There's always more with the 80s. It's like a magical rainbow of sort of cringy, horrible uh, terms. As cringy as the patterns that they used to mm. wear on their jackets. Mm. Hey, those are coming back, too, though. They are, because they're ugly. It's ironic. I do like wearing ugly, ironic clothes. Yep. I am not excited for the eventual rise of bell bottoms. Re the <coughs> eventual, like, rebirth is the wrong word. Return. Return of the bell. That sounds like a Star Wars episode, like Return of the Bell Bottoms. Sounds like more of a, a cringy, like high school project based on Star Wars. That's true. Star Wars fashion. And the last one 
is kick rocks, which is like, I kind of know what it means. I mean, you can get it. I'm going to Google it. Anyway. Even if you don't kick hear rocks, baby. In Spanish, that's not what I need. Tell someone rudely to go away, basically. Go kick rocks. Go get lost. Yeah, go kick rocks. Same thing. Yeah, so I... Sorry for adding yet another type of slang, because the 80s one was already so difficult. My brain was like, let's... <sighs> you just made a lot of extra let's work, up Casey. Ante, baby. Hey, we said this was going to be a challenge. I was literally just complaining about it. You said it was going to be a challenge, but I didn't want to actually do work. It's too late. We're writing a whole mother-loving book. Gross. Um, the way you are using this new character to push along the main plot of the story so soon, it sounds like this is going to be more of a short story than a full-length novel. Nah, man. I think, uh, here's my philosophy. Well, I say my philosophy. This is the philosophy that has been beaten into me by literary agents over the last, like, since I started meeting literary agents. Get the story started as soon as possible. I'm trying to treat this like, you know, like how I would write any book, even though it is obviously so many worlds away from like my normal process. Um, start the story. Like that's, that's sort of my philosophy for everything. If you have really good characters, like people might be interested, but like there's gotta be some sort of like plot, like right out the gate. I figured like having two chapters of like, we're doing like sort of a minor plot, like a subplot is fine. I think like the main story or at least like something that leads into the main story should be established. Now we're, ta we're talking like basic story structure here, guys, listen close on my writers. Conflict is story, right? Mm -hmm. So like to start a story, you've got to sort of interrupt the piece. Also because this is an adventure, like I'm trying to stick to these guidelines that we gave ourselves in the setup. It's an adventure, which means we got to get out of Tunstead and Fafestiniog like as soon as possible because this is a journey baby it's a journey baby so I was like okay a cool uh deadline gotta love a good deadline and a place to go so now now it's they gotta get out of here whether or not like when they go to the mountain like maybe the specters are like for good or like whatever like we don't know All right we're going with the science of the specters is a question that I have not done I will write that down and I'll bring it up in a sec Okay. They're all just Regina Spectre. And they they just want to sing. No. I don't even remember any of her songs to tell you if I like them or not. It's the, the one, Kubo and the Two Strings song, where she's like, my guitar gently weeps. I'm so sad. That's the Beatles, since she just covers it. But, eh. Well, you know Kubo and the Two Strings. I have not seen this I movie. Do. But I have that song on my phone, because it's a bop. Just bop. That's a lie. It's kind of a bummer. It is a bummer bop. It's a it's a bump. A bumper? It's bumping. That's a word already. A bumper? Bumper. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> since you started, we're going with Casey's style of writing. Mm -hmm. This is Casey's uh I'm trying to get a book published kind of viewpoint. Whereas mine is I just want to write it how I want to. I don't care about anybody else. I'm taking more of the Alex Hirsch method. There I you write go. something I like. If you guys like it, cool. If not, Dude, I love what I write. Off. I resent that. No, 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 no. lady. As in, like, the structure and how the story progresses at what level and whatnot. Well, I don't know. I do write how I want to read. I, I get bored pretty fast. 
I'm like, let's let's do this story, guys. Let's do this action. And I also, it has been beaten out into me like, over the years. Like, this is how to make a good story. Now I'm like, I want to make a good story. Right. It's interesting to have you and me as juxtaposition. As uh, I have not had this beaten into me. I'm more of the person of, if you got interesting characters, I don't care if your story uh, takes off right away. See, I'm entertained I, by these characters. Yeah, Characters be cool. They be interesting. But like... I feel like the best way to learn a character is to put them in duress, you know, like, oh, something's wrong. What are they going to do? I feel like you wouldn't get a lot from Nejma unless you hold her three stories in the air floating through space in her living body that could die. Right. You know, like, like I like to I like to see him get a little uh, get a little. But stressed. you also can't the best see way to, the best way to make your characters is to break how them. They are in comparison to this under stress mode. Dude, if first you don't chapter, have them in baby. normal <laughs> situations more often we had a little bit yeah two chapters is is plenty my dude plenty for you good it's good to have us arguing on it yeah yeah let's fight i love you oh well i can't fight you now enemies to lovers speed run whoa um uh is that do you want to do you want kids (laughs) you want to get married first i guess this is a speed run. Anything is possible. Oh, wow. That's such a beautiful wedding. We invited nobody, which is my ideal wedding. <laughs> which is the ideal wedding in this uh, quarantine status. That's true. We social distanced by being in two separate countries. <laughs> and we didn't have to dress up. Perfect. Even a little bit. But yeah, I did wear I'm pants. In a, I'm in a robe. So, success. That is, I'm wearing more pants than you are. I'm wearing pajama pants. And a robe? All right, back to on topic. <laughs> More like back on. Stop it. <laughs> All right, I'm hanging up. No, come back, wife. Uh, this new story, zombies. Hey. Hey. Necromancy go hand in hand. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I literally, the last chapter that I wrote, I was like, I didn't want to use zombies because I know you hate that. And this chapter, I was like, it. no, this is for kids. Screw, <sighs> screw it. That's still bad. Sh- shoot screw it works screw it oh, screw it we're gonna do they it anyway that on disney channel that is the metric which i base my curse words do they wow disney channel is getting a little risque um when i say zombies i mean more like the 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 specters are gonna be in the bodies because the specters themselves are a little bit zombie-esque i feel like i'll let you define that it feels less like zombies because zombies is possessing a dead body but zombies technically can be possessing a living body, but I feel that's more like uh, what's the S word? It was a it was a popular scary movie at one point. Serpents, silly putty. No, sing along with Santa. Snorbert. Snorbert. That's it. I don't remember any words in the English language anymore. Snail phone. Never mind. That was me being dumb. It was poltergeist. That's not even a little bit close to an S. Nope. Well, L-M-N-O-P-Q-R-S. Yeah, they're pretty close. Anyway, you aren't moving this plot very fast, and you're forcing me to either, like, twist it, be like, oh, this isn't how it was told at all, and it's actually much deeper, or, like, Are everything you gonna- is wrong. You're going to undermine me. I'm going to have to undermine you. <laughs> you don't. You could... This is a yes I could. and. 
This is I a could. yes and scenario. We're supposed to be partners. You're my wife we are now. Partners, or we can be rivals. We could be competitors in this story. I could take everything that you just said and undermine it all. This is going to be a enemies to lovers speed run, and that's going to be a lovers to enemies speed run. And well, or or a slow burn, but the opposite, like a slow cooling. Enemies to lovers speed run, and then lovers to enemies slow burn. Okay. There we go. I mean, you could also not undermine me, and then yes, and it like a an improv actor. <laughs> I have a month to think about it. Cause like, okay, here's my, here's my thing. So there's a lot of like downtime when you're traveling, and like that could be your your nice. Are you shunting my chapters to the in betweens? Maybe. <laughs> Casey, hey, if you want downtime, I'm just saying that the time for downtime is like, oh, we're we're leaving now. We can have a talk about our feelings, and, and I could have something. Go all along the way and be like, oh, snap, we doing something else. Yeah, you could. This related, but it's totally different. Ooh, you gotcha. I mean, you could, you could. It'll be a confusing reading experience for anybody who picks this book up <laughs> ever. <laughs> but you can. You have this creative power and I can't stop you. Except for by killing you. I could probably do that. <laughs> no! <laughs> the other thing I wanted to bring up was you did put... A lot of noises in here, like characters just going, ah! oh, or like laughing really weird. Guys, that's my favorite thing to do. And uh, so in I can't finish a single sentence today, guys. It's because I haven't talked to anyone because I'm quarantined. OK, we're not going to talk about that more than we have to, though. So my favorite thing to do is dialogue yeah. noises, because like when we really talk one half of human uh, like uh, interaction interaction is nonverbal gestures and things like that which i actually okay guys i complain a lot about third person limited or whatever we're writing in what are we writing is that it i don't remember yeah i think it's limited whichever one is the worst <laughs> i actually am liking how i'm forced through this sucky stupid head type of writing third person that's good sucky stupid head type yeah i'm trying to be very pg here um because this show is for grandmas and uh, baby. I gotta stop saying that because then people who are like not grandmas or babies are gonna be like, then what am I doing here? It's for everybody who likes, I don't know what I'm saying. Another like soap. What? Eat flowers. 20 to 25% of human interaction is just sounds. Like we don't often talk in very good sentences. Nobody ever talks like a perfectly crafted dialogue perfectly crafted dialogue doesn't exist because if it's like perfect then it's not real and therefore it's not perfect we, we get stuck in this loop loops so i feel, i almost feel like uh i got distracted by loops <laughs> <laughs> i'm a hundred percent just lost my train of thought father i crave the loops 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 oh fruit father i crave the loops Excuse me? Continue. No, I want to hear more about this. No, that's all you're getting. Oh, okay. I can't think about anything else. <laughs> Luna, you don't understand what you've just done to me. My whole brain. Oh, I hate seeing my laughter separated into these audio spikes. Why? Ugh, it's so ugly. You are just finding new ways to judge yourself. Of how I laugh. It's like, hmm, hmm. We've exhausted all the usual ones. That's the only nope. thing I'm good at. 
Aw, nah, you're good at uh, dealing with my writing and undermining all of my plans. Eh. What were you talking about? I forget. I'm still, my brain is just like, loops, loops. Father, I crave the loops. Perfectly crafted dialogue is fake. That's true. It is fake. It's all fake. Let's hear about these specters. You got some new stuff going on with them. These red boys. I do. So I... <sighs> the ooze boys. There needed to be a problem, in my opinion. I mean, we agreed on it, so it wasn't just yours. Well, I mean, like, get, get it started as in, like, get the adventure. A rolling, a rolling. We had a talk. Did we? Was it on the last podcast? No, it was after. Did I forget? Oh, cool. Okay. Ha! Listeners, you don't get to know all of our secret dealings and illicit trades and black magic convents. You don't have to know about Casey's black heroin subtrade. Well, now they all do. Guys, you're going to forget you heard that. I didn't, you didn't hear anything. I zoned out again. I'm still thinking about Father, I Crave the Loops or whatever you said. It's just, I'm never going to not think about it. It's going to be on a constant loop. Haha, ha, pun. That's good, but I'm never going to explain it. Wow, I didn't realize that you hated me, but I guess that's <laughs> the truth. Um, science inspectors. I, um, yeah. We needed a bad guy and we needed... Casey, you got to stop with the... Listen, I, I, I got a lot of spit. I got to suck it out. <laughs> That's nasty. <laughs> listen. I said listen like I had something else to say. Um, so I wanted to make them like a threat, you know, because like I I thought they were yeah. sort of the obvious choice for like these guys are bad and could potentially be like connected in some way to the big bad that we will eventually have to have to deal with. But they were sort of like already established to be not really very menacing. Mm -hmm. So I was like how do we make them a little more menacing? They eat the dead bodies. Uh, mm, it's a moray. They slurp them up. They slurp them up. Like rotten oranges. Like a, what, of all the things to slurp up. I don't know. They're squishy. Yeah, there's a... Okay. They slurp them up like a rotten oranges, which apparently is a snack that Luna enjoys. Does not. You can't fool me. I know your secret. I hate oranges in general. Then why, of all the <laughs> slurpable snacks, would you pick rotten oranges? That is a double negative for you. I was thinking of bugs. They slurp them up. They slurp them up. Sorry, I zoned out. Um, I'm still thinking about uh, <laughs> give me the loop daddy or whatever. No, I feel like give me the loop <laughs> Give me the loop daddy. <laughs> so much worse than father. I crave the loop. Or better. I feel like it's the next evolution on this. It's like a pyramid. And as we move our way up, it's like, mm, I want Fruit Loops. And then you just get up to like, Dad, can I have some Fruit Loops? Like pretty normal. Father, I crave the Loops. Give me the Loops, Daddy. Is there a next evolution? <laughs> Only time will tell. I don't want to know. Anyway, Spectre, the suck it like an orange. Suck it like an orange. I like it. <laughs> That's so good eating. Casey's Italian is showing. That's not Italian. I don't even know what that is anymore. <laughs> it's Italian because it's you. I guess it kind of is. They are sucking like an orange uh, and they eat dead bodies. They eat them. They eat them. Munch them like potato chip. God, we can't keep doing this simile game. They eat them like... So ignore it and move on. Potato orange flavored 
potato chips. They eat them. That's all that matters. And that's pretty scary. They eat them to like gain energy, I guess. The same as like when a human like shoves a bunch of greens into their mouth and suddenly they can like punch things better. Yes. This is like the same sort of vibe. They eat the bodies. They feel the power. So what you have is established. They can eat dead bodies. The bodies then disappear. So they can't possess dead bodies. They got to get living ones. Yeah. So like, okay, this is all through Lulu's like hypothesis, though. She's not necessarily like a hundred percent reliable like we've just met this ghost and like we don't know what her deal is she could be evil she could be evil definitely she's good to see you trying to act out her voice oh yeah no especially her laugh yeah that was pain (laughs) yeah i will say like one other thing with the specters is that i was like suddenly faced with the concept of adding religion into this world because like of the concept of like a soul like i realized like accidentally i had been like okay so we're saying that like people have souls that can like exist out of their bodies that doesn't have to mean religion well it doesn't but i also feel like there's a part of it that implies something i'll talk about it i don't know this seems like a decision that we might need to make but i decided to not you could if you wanted maybe you should so i don't have to um or we just don't ever. We run from our problems. Like scared little, uh, 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 what's well, something that's scared and runs? Me, but that's not a good metaphor. Squirrel. Squirrel, scared little squirrel. Chipmunk. Chipmunk, scared little squirrel monks. Basically anything that was on our college campus. Scared little college kids. Oh, can I get a, a pat on the back, a virtual pat on the back for death rattle? Like, that's a sick move that I thought of. And so I need you to be like, I thought that's what, like, banshee does no 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 so like when someone dies sometimes their last breath is referred to as like a death rattle Uh i'm pretty sure i actually didn't google that but i'm making it up um so it's like their last breath comes out it's like like a death rattle asmr all right pat pat yeah thank you yeah that's a super cool name for screaming so loud that things in the real world rattle i also wanted to do a power that like nejma wasn't familiar with and i was like hmm screaming screaming seems like a thing that nejma maybe hasn't explored Ooh, ooh, ooh. I do like the potential for like a student mentor relationship happening that isn't like an old man with a beard. Cause that seems to be what everybody does when they're like, a mentor. He must be an old man. Yes. Old man, big wise. Old man with beard. Big beard. Probably brown cape. Sometimes cape, big, nice cape. He is wise. Yes. Probably will die. But we've already sort of like, Lulu's already dead. So we've skipped a step. So far. So far, she's she dead. She could die again. She could... Yeah, well, there is a chance for double death with her. There is a chance for the uh, inevitable super death that we all will face after the OG death. Yeah. She could still turn into a specter. Like, that could still happen. I did not say how that happens because I don't... I didn't... I don't know how that happens. But, like, all I know on all that Ned... Or Lulu knows is that, like, they take him into the mountain and, like, oh, something happens. Into the mountain. Into the mountain getting this quarry established oh yeah i forgot that this is called the mortal quarry and so there should be a quarry i mean old mine quarry usually in mountain yeah yeah i totally thought that through that was definitely intentional guys 100 okay good job casey um everybody should check out animal crossing pocket camp find me my name's spaghetti oh my 
Gosh, we're all on New Horizons now, Casey. Catch up. Oh, you gotta still. Oh, I'm stupid. You gotta. I gotta pull. I gotta pull the thing. Well, no, no, no. Okay. Before you do that, you gotta guess the twist. Do so you know if you pull one or two twists? Uh, I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, you gotta guess my twist. Okay, hold on. Let me pull up the list. My twist, my lady, my wife. You gotta guess. Uh, wow. You gotta guess. I guessed the twist. Guestest to the twistest, and. Then you will. What, does anything rhyme with twistest? I don't think it does. But let's check rhyme zone while we wait. Rhyme zone, twistest, consistent, distant. None of these rhyme. Existent. Okay. J j this just. Distance. We're getting closer. Fittest. This trust. All right. One guess. One guess. A ghost slash apparition appears. Oh man, that would be a good one. That's not it though. Dang it. You have three guesses, so we're fine. We're fine. We're fine so far. Not Ghost Apparition. That is the most fitting one. Yeah. That is a twist that happened, but it's not the twist that I pulled out of the twist list. Can I give you a hint? Is that allowed? No, I don't want to. No, I do. Man, we're married now. Things are so complicated. Mm-hmm. I'm still looking. Hold on. New character. Also no, but you're definitely on the right track. Ugh. I, I don't know if that just threw you off or, like, helped. Hey, somebody's getting married. That's us. Haha. <laughs> oh, uh, that's the twist for this episode of Buddy's Grin. <sighs> so you get, you get like, brownie points for that. You get, like, a smiley face in the record books. Nah. You, get a, you get a smiley face in your heart and your soul. And maybe, like, your pants. Yeah, I can't even hear you. I'm reading. I don't know. Hey, don't mess this up. I only got one more guess. Yeah. If you mess up, you gotta have two twists for the price of two. And then you gotta guess both of them next time. <gasps> uh, Wait a minute. Whoa. Guess who didn't think about that until just now? <laughs> we could be stuck in an endless, super difficult loop. So if I don't guess both of them, assuming you fail, which I am right now, assuming that you're gonna fail, I have to guess two twists? Next week, and if I get no, you would only have to guess one. Ooh, booyah! Of them, this is good because I was about to be real sad. We were about to throw ourselves into an endless loop, assuming you don't get it wrong, which I I, fa I have faith in you. I literally just said I didn't, but I changed my mind just now. Oh no, I can't find anyone that fits. It's kind of a stretch. Ooh, I want to give you a hint. Okay, new power unlocked question mark uh no it's not that one nope. uh dang the correct answer is a new creature thrown into the mix what where H human ghost they're not there yet though they are too lulu is a, is a creature that nejma has never seen still a ghost yeah nejma's never seen a human ghost before the specters are ghosts the specters are different things different things i don't think that counts and that's why i didn't it guess does it. too it does too and you messed it she's up she's not a creature anyway she's a creature ghosts are creatures she's a person yeah she's a dead person specifically that's still alive she's a specific breed of person she's a new creature she got thrown into the mix i don't agree but i'll pull them anyway okay yeah i win i got my little tiny vase full of paper strips is that a win or a lose? I almost feel like that's a lose because I didn't... Oh, well. I'm going to say I win so that I feel good tonight when I sleep. Okay, you ready? Proud of myself for making Luna fail. And I say your twist is a stretch and it doesn't match. Hey, stretching is good for you. 
Okay, I can make that work. Okay, that's terrifying. Okay. I'm rooting for dance number. Sweet! These two go together, and I can write them super easy. Okay, well, this is good. I hope. I don't trust you even a little bit. And you shouldn't. All this talk of undermining my plans that I just laid. Man, I thought this was going to be so much easier than it is. Three chapters in and I'm already like, what have we gotten ourselves into? This is the podcast we created so both of us fight each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the cage match combat podcast. Verbally, of course. The words. The best kind is like a rap battle. We could just rap each of our chapters at each other. It would take a really long time. Oh, yeah, it would. I don't, I'm not up for that kind of work. But are, are you up for that kind of... But... but I don't are, know where you were going with sh- that cupcake. Sh- I'm not done. I'm not done. But are, but, are, but are you up for that... Get ready. Are you up for that kind of... Twerk? That didn't work. Now imagine me, imagine me twerking. Imagine me twerking. Work. I'm twerking right now. You guys can't see it, but I'm twerking. I'm closing. That's a lie. I'm sitting. I'm closing my mind's eye. I can't even see it. But are you closing your eyes eye? Yes. Oh my gosh. Thwarted on two levels. All right. I think this podcast deserves. We got to close it. I think it deserves to end <clears throat> with a good joke. Um. Oh, I got it. I know the perfect joke. Oh my gosh. I know the perfect joke. Okay. Ready? Um. How much soup? Nope. <laughs> how much soup <laughs> that's the joke <laughs> goodbye everybody Even so, Nejma didn't stump. Nope. Stump. Even so, Nej, she didn't stomp her bump, but bump, but she didn't. She didn't scat. This is good for bloopers. <laughs> Squeaked in terror, as if to say, "No idea." But it was totally terrifying. Mm-hmm. Where's your mousy voice? No idea, but it was totally terrifying. <laughs> no, no idea. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> no idea. No idea. Wait, how do you do, Mickey? Do we do Mickey? Do Mickey? Do Mickey? <coughs> No idea, Ah. but it was totally terrifying. Oh, my God. (laughs) No idea, but it was totally terrifying. Ah! What? I have one... I have one friend, and I owe her seven Bs already. I cannot do this. No, Casey, you missed an opportunity. Dr. Saltzman laughed her tinkling laugh. No, 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 no. Probably pacing and crying and shouting spells. Ah. Is that him down there, pacing and crying and shouting spells? No, hey, 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 wait, wait, just like two lines. Ah. I did it, ah! I could collect bees to give to my friend so that she may also share in the wealth of bees that I have in my garden. And then I was like, what the f-